Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. The best podcast for the most in-depth insight and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Aaron, Roger, and Doug to join Andrews. We discuss this month's view from the turnbuckle. So, we had another passing. Road Warrior Animal passed away at the age of 60. Aaron, thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, I knew them as the Legion of Doom because I watched uh, WWF when I was uh, younger. So, I actually didn't know them as uh, the Road Warriors. Uh, but that's pretty much what they're kind of synonymous with now whenever we talk about them and uh unfortunately road warrior hawk passed away way too young and then uh you know now we have a road warrior animal uh joining him and there is actually a really amazing documentary that dark side of the ring had done on these two that i would highly highly recommend to see uh luckily they were able to do it before um uh animal had passed but of course it was uh, after hawk had had uh, passed away and you just kind of learn a little bit about, you know, how drugs do take a toll on you. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's a lot to, for your body to take in. And, you know, when you get up there in age, you know, your body just is unable to handle it. And, uh, you know, it's really sad. Now, obviously, I, I'm going to assume Animal had uh, cut back quite a bit at that time. But uh, either way, it's uh, it's very sad. And uh, it's really uh, it, it's unfortunate that, you know, what is arguably the number one or number two greatest tag team of all time now both of them are unfortunately no longer with us i'm very sad at this uh, i enjoyed watching them both as the road warriors and legion of doom and um i thought they were a tag team that could go the distance uh, a little bit farther uh it was unfortunate for their drug usage and everything like that um like aaron said though the the things that they were doing on dark side of the ring really goes into it very well um I'm very sad for his family. I know that his son is the, I think he's, is he still with the Rams? Uh, James Lernettis did retire a few years ago when the Rams moved from St. Louis. So okay. he's done with football. But I know he was very proud of his son and the fact that he became, um, you know, uh, what was it? it was James Lornitis's dad. And, and the fact that that's where he was getting his popularity from wasn't because of the Road Warriors or Legion of Doom. So, um, very sad moment for his family. Uh, I enjoyed watching them immensely. Uh, I love the, the face paint and everything and the attitude. And, uh, they were always one of my favorite tag teams growing up. So very sad to hear. Yeah. I mean, they, um, they're kind of that heavyweight tag team that you don't see in wrestling anymore. The kind of tag team that can beat anyone. It wasn't uncommon for them to step into the ring with two main eventers and take them down. And you believed it because that's how they were booked. Um, I remember them, like Aaron says, the Legion of Doom. And it's really sad. You know, what, 60 years old, 65, definitely too young to go. Um, you know, it says something about the unfortunate realities of wrestling, especially in the 80s, because if you follow sports, the guys like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Joe Montana aren't dying. But the guys that you grew up watching in the 80s, a lot of them are gone, whether it's the Roddy Pipers, the Macho Man, the Ultimate Warriors, both the Legion of Doom. A lot of them have gone way too soon, and this is another one. Um, since there were no releases this week, uh, let's talk about some exciting news is that NXT is bringing back Halloween Havoc. 
Roger, uh, what are your thoughts on the old WCW Halloween Havoc being brought back to NXT? I like it, even if it seems like more of a, um, I don't want to say petty, but it definitely isn't lost upon me that they decided to remember that they had all these WCW trademarks when AEW came back. Like they've had Halloween Havoc for 20 years, and this year magically decided to bring it back. Just like they had the Great American Bash. I mean, they did other things in the Bash, but I'm excited for Halloween Havoc and good for them. Um, I definitely think it being an NXT special, it'll get a much better treatment than if it were like a main roster card, quote unquote. Um, yeah, I wish they would have done this sooner. If I don't get the giant pumpkin, we riot. <laughs> um, I, I find it interesting. One of the things I have enjoyed about NXT is that they've done a limited amount of quote unquote pay per views. Um, now that they're bringing back Halloween Havoc, I kind of wish that they would have skipped 31 and just gone to Halloween Havoc. Um, I'm a little worried that they are going to push the NXT thing a little bit too far to make it a little bit staler and make the matches not necessarily so great on their uh, big show uh, events. And that's the only thing that I'm really scared about. As for bringing him back, I agree with Roger. I think it is mostly because of AEW that they want to start introducing and start using these terms before they lose trademarks on them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like Halloween Havoc. There's There are a few WCW pay-per-views I would love to see. You know, they've used the Starcade name a little bit. That's one that I love. I think, you know, Great American Bash or Bash at the Beach, you know, if you want to try to combine those two. Uh, and then Halloween Havoc, you know, uh, I think those are like staples, you know, but you had Fall Brawl, which typically was the War Games one, but you don't necessarily have to use that name Fall Brawl. You can just use War Games. Uh, so I, I like the fact that they're doing this and I, I don't want to say I, I want to see more of it, but I like AEW and I like NXT doing these specials, essentially. I, I like, you know, hey, we're going to do this. I don't like doing the two week stuff. I think that's a little much, but I like doing the Hey, we're doing. Fight for the Fallen. We're going to do Fighter Fest. We're going to do Bash at their uh, Great American Bash. I think that's neat, and I think that makes it special because if you only tune in casually, you might say, "Oh, you know, at the end of the month they're doing Halloween Havoc. That's when I want to tune in for." You know, AEW's doing an anniversary show. I want to tune in. For. So I think that's actually a very smart move by both companies, and especially when they are in a ratings war. Uh, you know, I think it's smart for both of them to do that. You know, let's let's talk. Let's talk about some more WWE stuff. Let, let's actually talk about Retribution. I I'm trying to figure out the um, the spin they tried to put on it, where they uh, said, "Hey, we're gonna actually sign these guys to contracts because it's gonna be cheaper than if we got security and everything." But I kept thinking restraining order. I think that would have uh, solved the issue right off the bat. But I don't get it. Like, Aaron, can do you have a a good idea on what they're trying to do with Retribution? So, like, all right, you think about Nexus, right? Like, I get it. They were doing all these stupid challenges, and so they came in. They they wreaked havoc on everybody, and it's like, we don't need to do this. You know, you guys are saying we're beneath you. Well, you know, us together, we're strong. Like, okay, that I get that, you know. Uh, that's actually pretty smart, and they, you know, helped Wade Barrett become a bigger star, you know, because of that. And obviously, even Daniel Bryan, when he, you know, came back from being uh, let go, it made him a big star. So that's good, but... um. I, this, they came in, they said, we're uh, going to just attack people. We signed contracts so we can uh, attack people some more and get paid for it. Like, they, what? 
they said they hired more people with the money that they got from their contracts to beef up their numbers. I think was the official line. Like, what? I, I, you know, I mean, you're trying to make this like interesting, but I honestly, I kind of, I, I don't want to say I don't care, but like, Nexus WWE had to come together. You had Jericho and Edge, who were heels, who you know joined the team to take out Nexus. Like, you know, you have the Hurt business, and they're kind of they like were good guys for a little bit and then now they're back to being bad guys like that there's not a cohesive or consistent storyline and it feels like wwe didn't have a a plan for this it felt like they hey you know what we're just gonna throw this at the wall we'll run it for a few months we'll see what happens and honestly i feel like that there were times that they weren't even on like the shows you know they weren't on the pay-per-view i i think there was a monday that they had missed and it was like wait what like they're supposed to be wreaking havoc like a lot of it just does not make sense. And this goes to a, a, a bigger topic that we don't need to get into at this time about Roger. I talked about a couple months ago with storyboarding and planning things out and things like that. I feel like that's not being done here. I think the word you're looking for is continuity and the fact that they have none of it. Uh, they were SmackDown. They were on raw. They were, you know, doing chaos everywhere by flickering the lights. Cause that caused, Chaos. Okay. Um, they've they've never gotten off the ground in my book. Um, and then when they come out now with these bane like masks and and talking all big and bad and they're just there's there's no continuity to it. There's no backing of it. There's no continuing push. There's this. There's this. Now they're only on Raw. Now they're here. Now they're you, you know, you, you sign for a contract, great, big. I, it, none of it makes sense. Of course, you know, being in law enforcement and everything like that, none of their law enforcement aspects make sense either. Or I, I remember as a, uh, my wife is a lawyer and we were talking about some of the stuff that they were doing. And it's like, that's not how that works. That's not how, how any of this works. How are they getting away with this and talking about this? Because that's not even credible. Now, to, to certain people who just don't know it and everything like that, might go over their head. But it, it's so bad that it's not even common sense. Like, th there's nothing to it that is makes any sense. And now they have a new leader in Mustafa Ali, which, welcome back, Mustafa, and you're buried again. I, I just, they're in, you know, good luck to them, to any of those guys, to make a career out of it like the spirit squad Ooh. the most interesting part of retribution has there which tells you everything you need to know about how badly this angle has failed i don't understand the reasoning i don't understand what their goals are they don't make sense in their habits like especially because we basically know the people involved what are these people mad about like as aaron explained Nexus was mad because they felt like they were being belittled and treated as rookies when, in fact, especially someone like Daniel Bryan, who was an established veteran, and so they lashed out and banded together and, and took out, you know, WWE superstars. Okay, makes sense. NWO, they were an invading force from up north. You all knew who they were referencing when you saw the bad guy and Big Daddy Cool, and then they had a mystery of their men. Made sense. Great angle. You know, CM Punk's explained what retribution should be better than anything that WWE has. It should be all 
of the former territory's grandsons. That would make sense for people who would hate WWE hmm. or having yeah, that, that would make sense. The Gagne's and, you know, the Crockett's and all those people banding together who hate the McMahon's. Look at that. Logical storyline. Um, that's an but, amazing storyline. Yeah, that's why you know it's never going to happen because that's too logical. But when you look at this and you're just like, first off, how expensive is security? That it costs you more money to hire better security, like Samojo has been screaming for years, than to just <laughs> pay these guys contracts. Like, he, he told Regal years ago, get better security. He wasn't wrong. Second, why would they sign contracts and then try to destroy the company that has been paying their salary? That, like, if you do that, that's like a, you know, double agent type move. You do that stealthy. You don't like, hey, I'm the invading for Here, let's sign you to a contract. Okay, I'm still going to cause chaos. But that's dumb. Because you just sue them now for breach of contract and fire them or suspend them or whatever you want. Um, yeah, I just, like, look, Ali being the leader, cool. I, he has a lead. But I don't understand why Dijakovic or Mercedes Martinez, or Shane Thorne, or any of the NXT people who probably should not be involved in this angle. Like, there are a litany of people who are doing nothing right now who could have done this, whether it's Bo Dallas, Mojo Raleigh. I mean, you have Jinder Mahal. You have guys literally sitting backstage doing absolutely nothing who could simply just be doing retribution. Instead, you took away promising young talent who are good, guys like Dijakovic, people like me again, and you have them sitting behind a mask, not getting over, doing a terrible throwaway angle. Like, this is the most WWE way of doing a storyline. And speaking of bad storylines that are going on right now, uh, well, it appears that WWE is going to break up a couple of tag teams, and then guess what? They're back together. So, um, Roger, were you uh, excited about the Iconics uh, breaking up for a little bit? Uh, no, because I don't think either of them have a feature in singles as long as I'm so glad they're back together. That weird little breakup made no sense. Um, also, let's just like take a look. Everybody remembers kind of the old breakups that worked, you know, when Marty Jannetty cowardly jumped through that window. Mm-hmm. He sent Shawn Michaels in the superstar. Made total sense. <laughs> you know, Bret Hart broke away from the anvil. That anvil was holding him down. He became champion. When's like the last time, though, in the main roster, quote unquote, Raw or SmackDown, where someone has broke away from successful? Miz and Morrison? Yeah, maybe. So we're talking 10 years ago? But they've reunited. Yay. Edge and Christian? Like, is Edge the last one who really became a superstar? Like, if you're talking about like real established tag teams, probably Edge and Christian, maybe. Because, like, Miz and Morrison, like, were they attacking? Yes, but like, were they? They were tag team champions. They, they were. were established. They were multi-time tag team champions. That means nothing in the WWE. Yeah. John Cena and Shawn Michaels were tag team champions. So it was uh, Ron and a six-year-old. Yeah, I mean, I I think Seth Rollins was the tag team champions by himself for a period of time. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I just. Yeah. Daniel Bryan and Kane. There you go. There's another one. Daniel Bryan got the super uh, stardom thanks to dropping Kane. (laughs) Well, so I think that's actually a good point too, that Roger, that you're making there with you know breaking up these established tag teams because you know right now if you look at the Raw Tag Team Champions, you have the Street Profits, which are a tag team. That's great. 
uh, on SmackDown, you have Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. They're not an established tag team. It's, hey, Cesaro, we don't know what to do with you because we don't have good writers, so we're just going to put you on a tag team again because that's apparently what we do. The female tag team champions, again, thrown together. You know, at least like Bailey and Sasha Banks, they were friends. It made sense for them to be a tag team together. Uh, the Iconics are a built tag team, and you're going to just break them up. And even the ones that they were putting together, as we're going to talk about in a second with like Andrade, Andrade and Garza, they t- put them together and then they're like, ah, we don't know what to do. So we're just going to break you guys up and then we're going to have you back together again. I don't quite get this. And like, I don't know, like Doug, is there like a rhyme or reason to this? Like where they're just throwing tag teams together? Or they're like, is there anything that you can take from this that makes sense? They have the same writers as Family Guy, the porpoises that just pick balloons and put them into a thing, and it, it, it works. I mean, makes sense. It's the only thing I can think of. I just I, I don't get it either. I, I like established tag teams. Uh, I think that the tag team division can be very entertaining. Uh, it's just a matter of you need to, to keep them going. You need to have an actual division. Uh, you can't just put superstar and superstar together, make up tag teams and just roll with it. Um, and I think that the one passing notion that we have all agreed on is that in the WWE, friendship is a lie. So uh, there's never going to be a fully established tag team or anything like that that can survive because to them, the best storyline of a tag team is when do we get to break them up? You know, thank like God the, the New episode. Day has been able to survive that. Although right now with injuries, they're kind of, you know, pushing Big E in singles competition, which is fine because there's three of them. You can have two be tag teams and one go for a, a title. It was great when Kofi had it and they were the tag team champions. So um, if you want to establish groups, that's fine. Establish groups, but establish a tag team within that group and then push them as a tag team. You can break up the group, but keep the tag team. Andy, if the Legion of Doom were here today, how quickly would Vince break them up and have either Hawk or Animal be the next big thing? Well, like, would you say well, six that, months? Uh, six? No, I would say more like uh, three days, maybe. He'd be like, "No, I like that Hawk guy. Don't like that Animal guy. Hawks, they're they're fierce, vicious. He's thinking about what but. depends." And did any of them sneeze in front of him? That's what oh, I took. Oh, yeah, Animal did. So, yeah, he's a <laughs> so, real animal for doing that. Can, can we start one of the literal greatest tag teams of all time? I really don't understand how there is no dollar signs in Vince's mind that tag teams can work. If throughout wrestling history, tag teams have gotten over, they've drawn, be it the Legion of Doom, the Dudley Boys, you can keep a guy in a tag team for 20 years and make money off them. Yes, you're paying two to one. So be it. Having good tag teams allows for great feuds. The Kofi Mania feud, that whole storyline where New Day basically had to win the gauntlet match so Kofi would win, was some of the best writing they've ever done. And it didn't involve Kofi Kingston winning the match at all because he had to sit on the sideline and hope that his partners could get the job done and he had the Usos come out and forfeit even though they had the clear advantage. That's good writing. Use tag teams, like Doug said, use groups. Keep groups. There's a lot of guys who are not going to be single stars, and that's fine. Mojo Raleigh, if he's your champion, your company's going bankrupt. Could he be a tag team champion? Absolutely. You can build him up as a tag team and you'd be fine. Him and Zack Ryder, that was a fun little team. But not everyone needs to be in the main event. You need mid-carders. You need guys for the main event guys to be. 
tag teams can be those things. Well, and just to put a bow on it, the other thing too is, you know, and I've heard Eric Bischoff talk about it, and, you know, this is Vince's idea too. You had mentioned, you know, you're paying two to one, but even if you have two main event guys who are going to be in a tag team, you're not even paying two to one. Like you're paying like 2.5, three to one, realistically, because John Cena as your tag team champion doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Cena and Shawn Michaels as tag team champions, why? You know, what you do is you get somebody else who you can build up like an edge and a Christian who go over as tag team champions and they their entire career is about them being tag team champions where you don't have to worry about, okay, uh, what, two months from now we're going to do the turn angle? Is that what we're going to do? Or, you know, oh, you know, it'll be even more uh, impactful a year from now. You know, that's what we're going to do. You know, it, not everyone has to do that. And one thing that uh, I thought was really interesting uh, going off uh, onto a different tad- tangent, uh, the Intercontinental Champion, uh, of course, we had two of them at the time. Uh, now we're an old champion now. <laughs> it's the person you have a man crush on, Sami Zayn. Yes. What, what, what did he think of the match? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I, you know, the, how they ended it, I thought was really smart. And it's something I think uh, they've been kind of leaning towards with Sami's character. So um, at any cost or uh, if I can find a way to uh, cheat, I will. Uh, and I can win, I will. So, but yeah, it was it was a good match with the outcome, of course. And uh, it's uh, going to be interesting um, what they're going to do from here on out with the Inter- Intercontinental Champions. So we'll see if they start wrestling every week. But uh, Aaron, what Andy, are you? Yeah, Andy, would you say Sami Zayn liberated the Intercontinental Championship, seeing that he is the Great Liberator? Uh, yes, yes, he is the Great Liberator. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Good old Sammy. I'm happy for him. Aaron, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And you know, you want to have a heel as the champion. You know, it, in this, in the match itself, it, it was great. I, I gave AJ Styles like a five percent chance of winning. You know, I, I just didn't think that they would put the title back on him, uh, you know, and then it was up to Jeff or Sammy. So I, I think that's smart. Uh, he's going to have some chasers that can go after it. And then maybe in, you know, two, three months, he can drop the title and, uh, you know, form a tag team with Cesaro. God, why did you say that out loud? Yeah, he's, he's already done it before. So, you know, might as well do it again. They actually addressed that. Um, and they are not cool with Sammy anymore. Well, until WWE needs it. That's fair. But they at yeah. least did address it. They didn't forget about it like normal. These darn foreigners, right? <laughs> Coming in here and taking our intercontinental title. These Canadians. <laughs> oh, I liked it. God. I absolutely loved it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end on that one, folks. Good night. Oh, my God. I didn't actually, I never even realized Sandy Cesaro and uh, Nakamura all four. Like, that's fantastic. Um, oh, I, I can't top that. That's um, why I started the USA champ when we were at Dallas. And it was Sami Zayn versus Nakamura. Oh, gosh, that's amazing. Go rest. Yes. Um, yeah. Right. I, Can we get back to that? podcast. Uh, Sami Zayn, good Intercontinental Champion. He, he's that perfect mix of he's a fantastic coward, and but he can really go in the ring. So you get you can get good storylines, you can get good matches. Um, the one thing I hope that comes out of this ring is I hope that he can use the money that he's going to gain by being Intercontinental Champion and finally figure out what happened to El Generico, who's been missing for about the last six, seven years. So 
if that comes out of this, more power to him. Is that a feud you would like to see? Willow versus El Generico? Absolutely. I'd actually love to see Willow and Jeff Hardy versus Sami Zayn and El Generico. Oh, that would be an ultimate tag match. I mean, each team would have to break up during the match, I think, three or four times. Do you guys remember? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but I remember on ESPN they used to have like um, they would take two guys that never wrestled each other and would splice footage together to make it look like they were wrestling each other. You guys remember? Yeah, saying that? I do know what you're talking about. They used to do that with a lot of things. They would do that with football teams. So they put like the '69 Packers versus the '84 Niners. Like it was really weird, but kind of worked. But yeah. Um, so uh, congratulations to uh, Sammy. Uh, but uh, so. Let's talk about Roman Reigns. Um, can someone explain the storyline to me, um, Roger? Um, well, see, once upon a time, <laughs> Roman, <love> each other. <laughs> Roman Reigns was elected to be the chosen one, um, but the crowd rejected him. And logically, the WWE made the right move and said, hey, instead of being an uphill battle, we are going to listen to the crowd reaction and we're going to turn him heel. Now, all of this happened in my fantasy world because in real life, this took about five years longer than it needed to. And now, Roman Reigns has decided after a long bout and having coming back from cancer, like the one time it actually made sense for Roman to probably stay a face, they decided to turn him heel. But whatever, not going to let the gift horse in the mouth. And uh, now, Roman has come back. He's sadistic. He's very violent. He's arrogant. He's probably the best heel in the company right now. He's dangerous. He's got Paul Heyman terrified of him, which I think is a very interesting dynamic considering that Heyman is known for managing Lesnar. And Lesnar's obviously a scary man, but Heyman never really looked terrified of, of Lesnar the way he looked terrified of Roman. It, look, it's a good storyline. Like, it, it, it really makes sense um, for Roman to be calling himself the head of the table because obviously the Usos are a tag team. They're not singles guys, even though Jay just challenged for the time. I think it was Jay, right? He just challenged. Um, which one got the DUI? Hmm. Which one's married to Naomi? Um, yeah. But I remember being real stupid because she could have just drove. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the truth. Like, Roman is playing the character that he was born to. He looks like a heel. He has the mannerisms of a heel. He's a very good trash talker. His offense is suited for a heel. And the crowd, if you, if you do this Roman Reigns five years ago, we could have had some fantastic main events. Him versus Undertaker is probably a better match. Him versus Brock is actually a very interesting match, if, especially if you have a face Brock Lesnar. That could have been fun. It's good so far. I, I'm actually looking forward to see how this plays out. I am a bit sad that Bray and Braun had to be sacrificed for this because I think there was a better way to get here without once again kneecapping Bray Wyatt. But at this point, Bray Wyatt has been kneecapped so much, he probably can't feel anything down there. So <laughs> it is what it is. But good for Roman. Like, I mean, I'm just being honest, right? Like, I, I have said this time and time again. Whenever they have an opportunity to cut Bray Wyatt off, they will do so. And they have done it time and time again. I'm very happy with what they've been doing with uh, Roman Reigns. I think that it's about time that they've gotten him to a heel turn. Uh, putting him with Paul Heyman is great since he can actually talk and we don't have any suffering succotashes coming out. But it's... And, it, and what Roger said, too, the fact that Paul Heyman is in fear of Roman Reigns uh, makes it perfectly set up for, I think, a Brock versus Roman Reigns with um, Paul Heyman on a pole match or something like that for the title. 
uh, that would be great. I think that's a WrestleMania moment definitely happening and what they're trying to set up. But that would be, you know, long-term planning and a good idea. So probably not going to get it, and maybe they'll try to rush it, maybe make it a um, Royal Rumble thing or something along those lines because they're just they're putting out whatever they can think of right away and not saving it for what what they could have in in the future. Yeah, no, I agree with everyone's thoughts here and I I couldn't imagine saying this even a year ago. Uh Roman Reigns was is probably the highlight of WWE TV right now of Raw and SmackDown. Like Roman Reigns stuff is probably the highlight. And I, nine months ago, like I just, I don't, I couldn't see that. I really couldn't. And like, he is probably the highlight and it's because of what they're doing with him. And like, he's not even a full fledged heel. I don't feel, I oh, feel like yeah. he like, you know, like positioned as a heel, but like in storyline, he's not doing the heel stuff. He's not doing the heel stuff in the sense of like trouble. And that's why I'm being this way. You know, like he's not doing stupid stuff like that. He's being a he is being assertive. He's being dominant, and I like the storyline they have going with him and whichever USO it is. Um, he's the, well. To be fair, Brock Lesnar doesn't do that stuff either. Like that's the he whole does. point. No. He, it's the dominant. I mean, he's definitely going to be very clear. He is absolutely a heel. You know, when he tagged with uh, Jay USO, he basically let Jay do all the work in the match, and then came in and hit the spear. He unnecessarily beat the crap out of Jay, and all good things. Like this is fantastic. In storyline, he's. He's a he's a heel by his actions and letting them speak, as opposed to having to be in your face and be like, "This town sports team sucks." <laughs> and like, look, that works great for the Miz. I have no problem with that. But someone like Roman, like we said, should never be cutting suffering succotash promos and shouldn't be coming out insulting your sports teams. He should be a heel because his knuckles are bloody because he beat up your favorite. That's the way Roman Reigns should be, and they're doing a good job of it. Like you said, I would have never believed if you just said last year Roman Reigns is going to be the highlight of 2020. I'm like, well. That's a bad 2020 because there's just no way he should be the highlight. But him as a heel works. It works very well, in my opinion. Like, legit to me, uh, you know, and, you know, he's been around since what? July, August, right? August, I want to say. August. Yeah. He came back at SummerSlam. So he's been around for since August. There has not been a whole lot else that's been going on. He's a contender right now for my 2020 wrestler of the year. Like, Legitimately, right now he is. I'm not saying he will be, but he's a contender for it. I got comeback, so but anyways, I mean, yeah, easily comeback. But, but yeah, like, um, but yeah, yeah, he is the highlight. There's not much we can really say right now, but I know what will happen is that when they finally go back to live shows, they're gonna turn him face, and then the fans are gonna be like, no. We're going to boo the crap out of him still. So, but anyway, so let's talk about NXT. We had two big returns come back, both in the women's division. We had Ember Moon. She's been the people decided to show up uh, through the, well, v- via satellite, I'm assuming. Uh, two impressive uh, NXT, basically one from the main roster and then one from NXT UK actually going to be on NXT now. Aaron, did you think it was the right time to bring both of them? Absolutely. The NXT women's division is so bad. I mean, like, so badly because at the time, Io Shirai had essentially beaten almost, like, everybody there. Like, faces and heels. So there was not a whole lot else that, you know, I mean, you could do Rhea Ripley again, but, like, do you really want to? You know, or do you want to, like, give that more breathing room? So having both of them come back, 
that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. And, you know, as we'll probably talk about in a little bit, Ember Moon, you know, like, what else was she doing? I know she was injured, but what was she doing on the main roster before? So in Tony Storm, obviously, you know, you have the COVID stuff. So, you know, she wasn't able to uh, probably wrestle or be in the U.S. Now we're going to have an opportunity to, to have her back. So I'm very happy to have both these women back. I think that this will be a shot and injection into the NXT women's division they sorely needed. Is Tony Storm going to take her on via Zoom? How do you work from home if you're a wrestler? Good questions. They will defend the title via WWE 2K. There you go. Just a clear answer. <laughs> I'm very happy that uh, Ember Moon is coming back. Uh, from last that I had heard or read that she had a near career-ending uh, injury. So seeing her come back was a delightful surprise. Um, and I think it's no better timing than Halloween Havoc that fits her character perfectly to have her fight for the title at Halloween Havoc. Ember Moon uh, being that kind of, I guess, look or even just, uh, I mean, I love her as a wrestler and everything like that. She actually has a legit chance of beating um, Io Shirai. So having her come back and coming back to NXT, very, very smart and looking forward to see what they can do with her uh, in NXT. I think this was a fantastic move. This takes the women's division in NXT from average to one of the strongest, if not the strongest division, because you've added two legit talents. Ember in NXT was fantastic. You know, she probably pushed Asuka to her closest to having lost. I mean, when she hit the Eclipse in the second match, I think a lot of us thought that was the end of the streak. And Tony Storm is one of those up-and-comers. I want to say she won the second May Young Classic after Kyrie won the first one. So she's got legit cred. She has beaten Rhea Ripley, so they've got a history. I just think this division right now is looking real good, and I'm excited to see what they do going forward. I think one of them will probably go heel, probably Tony Storm. She was kind of going that direction before everything got shut down, and I think that's fine. I have no problem with that. I can even see her and Rhea actually teaming up, kind of doing like a little two-man, two-woman power trip. But good for them. This is a great move. Amber Moon especially, she was just floundering up on Raw and SmackDown because, you know, they don't really push anyone besides the horsewomen unless someone gets hurt and then they call up Asuka. But this, this is a great move for Ember. Like, she would be treated appropriately for the level of talent that she possesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for both of them. Uh, another exciting thing that happened. So, Kyle O'Reilly actually looked very, very uh, great. But did you think that this was uh, – I mean, did he really stand a chance, Roger? I don't know. I So, I think the more interesting part was, A – how good was the match going to be? How would Kyle lose? Because there's a lot of different ways it could have lost, right? This could have been one of those situations where he could have won and then Adam Cole and Undisputed Era do the evolution thing where they essentially kick him out of the group feeling like he wasn't supposed to be the champion in this Adam Cole situation. It could have been an Adam Cole cost him the title type situation. This could have been an accidental thing or intentional. Instead, they went with just a really good, solid match. They basically didn't leave the very vicious, brutal match. Kyle O'Reilly looked like he belonged. He lost, and then very interestingly at the end, Ridge Holloway comes out and just dumps a leftless out of And I'm not going to lie, at first I thought that was Pat McAfee, and I was super excited. I was like, oh crap, McAfee's back. <laughs> but I was like, that's a little bit big for Quadzilla. But, I mean, I'm interested to see where this goes. I, I've not watched a lot of um, Ridge Holloway, but the fact that we're going to get more Undisputed Air probably versus his team in War Games, I'm interested. I'll take a look at it at the very least. 
Uh, well, just to give you a heads up on NXT, believe it or not, he busted his knee bad. It looked uh, really, really bad. Like out for nine months? Type uh, he's probably, yeah, it looked, it, it, don't watch it. Do not watch it. It's bad. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's not like a Sid Vicious bad, but like, it's, it's like you see it bend the wrong way. And you're like, but yeah, that, that was unfortunate. No, no, they haven't announced anything yet, but it, it looked bad. So, uh, Doug, what do you think? That's very unfortunate to hear. Um, and I feel like NXT's poor uh, writing room is setting up great ideas to only have them get handicapped by injuries. Um, I, I love the match. Uh, the match itself was wonderful. I thought it really did showcase uh, Kyle's moves and his the fact that he could be more than just a tag team wrestler. Um, I do love that at the very end too. Kind of, you know, Finn went and gave him a handshake, and then when you had uh, Adam Cole get dumped over, uh, even Finn was a little bit disturbed by it too. So I was just kind of curious if they were going to form a new Bullet Club. Uh, Undisputed Era hybrid, I guess you could say, or bring him into the Undisputed Era. Who knows? But it'll be interesting to see, and it you know left the left you wanting to find out and watch on uh, NXT, and that's I think why we delayed our recording is so that we could get the fallout from uh, NXT Takeover Thirty One, and that's always the. The purpose of the ending of the show is you want people to tune in and see what happens next. So good job for NXT, and hopefully this isn't a bad injury that they can continue a good storyline. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think that it'd be nice because the Undisputed Era, they have, you know, they've been heels, they've been a little bit of tweeners right now maybe they're going a little bit of face you know because they just kind of naturally progress to that and they need to have opponents to take on and you need to have somebody that's formidable and right now on the nxt roster unless they're going to be heels i don't necessarily see that and so as faces you know you potentially have that opportunity there you know i know roger has what he's talking about in the past with like imperium obviously you know things are a little different right now so you necessarily can't do that but to have something like that, where you have a team that's actually built up over a period of time to take them on, that could be very interesting. You know, hell, honestly, have somebody from the main roster come down. You know, they've wasted them on there. And, you know, the point about Ember Moon, Ember Moon was wasted on Raw. They, they had no idea what to do with her at all. And I think they stuck her in a tag team for a little while, you know, because they were like, I, I don't, I'm not sure. You know, like, what? Well, apparently I had good matches. You know, I don't know what to do with you. You know, that's that's what the writers did. So hopefully that they have something in place here. Hopefully they could get somebody from uh, from the main roster to go to NXT and, and make a Undisputed Era a, you know, you could have some good feuds there potentially. But hopefully Rich Holloway is okay and hopefully we can, um, you can get a, a good match out of this. 
That would be great. So, all right. So let's thank our sponsor, HostGator. Are you a blogger or podcaster? You're just not happy with your web hosts? You need to check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click script installs of free stability hands on the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try a free demo. Say it easiest. And if you use a special coupon code off the mark, you're going to save 25% off your web hosting packages. So what are you going to lose? Check out HostGator.com to get a bite out of your web hosting costs. Also, make sure you check out Section 86 is off the mark page and click on the banner at the top to say big on items from wshop.com all right so we have to talk about this because uh i think it's a hot topic right now wwe has started to take over twitch and cameo accounts um i have a a huge problem with this um but aaron uh what are your thoughts so far on what's come out about it well it's really interesting because they said that you know we're not going to do you guys can't do twitch and cameo anymore and I know people were up in arms about it. And then it came out, we can't allow your character to do it. And I get that. I totally get that because you can't have the fiend do cameo. And it's like, WWE's like, hey, wait a second, we own that character. I get that. You know, that could be that gray area that you talk about. Hey, you know, when it talk about the workers' rights, they're independent contractors. But WWE does own the rights to the fiend as a character. The part that gets a little strange and you know, WWE put out a statement about how they own free rights, and I, I, it's a okay statement because there was some weird stuff in there. But one of the things that they said in there was, "Hey, for your Twitch, you not only have do you have to take the stuff off there. So, like, you know, if you were um, Paige, for example, she had to you know put her actual name on there. But the the thing that was really strange was they said, um, "We're gonna have you now do Twitch at specified times. So even though you're a wrestler." We're going to have you not just do the wrestling part, but we're going to have you promote through your Twitch account. So they're they're not just doing the normal wrestling stuff. They're going to be doing Twitch as well. And that's going to count towards their downside guarantee, which is rather interesting because people would say, hey, wait a second. I'm an independent contractor, which also, you know, is a little bit of a gray area that WWE's been able, wrestling in general, I should say, has been able to exploit that for the longest time. And they're an independent contractor, but now they're going to be treated as employees because now they have these additional things they have to do. And it gets a little really muddy at that point in time. You know, like you're kind of exiting that gray area and you're saying like, oh, no, this is a clear black and white issue now. That gray area has been shrunk like this. So I think that WWE is actually kind of doing themselves a big disservice here. There are certain things you can say, like I said before about The Fiend can't do it. But, um, uh, you know, whatever Bray Wyatt's actual name is, can't think of the top of my head, uh, Rotunda, uh, you know, he can do it. Uh, you know, AJ Styles, Alan Jones can do it. But AJ Styles, I guess he owns that trademark, but you get the idea. So it's this is going to be an interesting fight, I think, for WWE and its talent. I think it's the wrong fight for WWE pick, though. I agree it's the wrong wrong fight for WWE because... How, I mean, you ask these guys to get over and to get popularity, get namesake, get uh, to grab that brass ring, you know, do whatever you can to grab that brass ring to take the next step to, to show you really you, you care about your character and, and developing your character and all this other stuff. And now that there are some people that have successfully done that via a different medium, all of a sudden, well, you're making money that we should get. So we want that money or else you, you can't wrestle. Well, 
that's you all you're doing is fighting your own wrestlers and pretty soon you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of them that don't want that contract extension they're not going to sign in a contract extension and you're going to see wwe probably lighten up on it of quite a bit because you might start seeing people uh flee the wwe especially now since there is aew to go to not that aew is going to take all of them but if i could be an independent wrestler stay at home a little bit more but make just as much money because i'm doing twitch and cameo also why not uh, I've gone to plenty of cons where I see ex WWE wrestlers or ex wrestlers in general, and they're constantly at the cons because they're doing basically what Cameo can do, but at an actual location. They're there to take pictures, get photos, sign autographs, and everything like that. That is their life after wrestling uh, for some of them, and that's how they make their money. And if you're not going to allow that, or if you're going to try to uh, harsh that, uh, and say for a few people that aren't uh, necessarily getting the time on, on Raw or SmackDown to even get their own characters over, why not go to the internet and try to get your own character over and build up some steam towards uh, some popularity to, to force the writers to put you into storylines or make the storylines even better offline? There's so many accounts, though, that WWE owns and uh, operates in their, their Twitter and their uh facebook's and their everything else though that is just littering uh or saturating the the market i just i I applaud people for thinking outside the box and trying to uh promote themselves and then now you have wwe knocking them knocking their legs out from underneath them and and trying to harsh them I think there's several of them that are getting their contracts renegotiated just so that WWE can either make money off of their Twitch or force them to not make Twitch videos at all. This this kind of perplexes me for a multitude of reasons. So, one, if you were going to pick this fight, I kind of understood it, let's say, in 2010. But basically, you were really the only big game in town, right? Like, yeah, you had TNA, but they were not ever really considered, um, you know, but at this point, they pretty much already fallen off the face of the earth, and they were a very clear number two or number three. So, you know, I, I think they introduced, uh, instituted a dress code at some point. I know Triple H was there when they did it, and it was all about uh, dressing more professionally. He was kind of dressing like he was a horseman, and they were basically forcing people to dress more professionally, with the exception of, like, The Undertaker and Brock and guys who were essentially untouchable. But now there is competition, so I, I don't see a whole lot of value in this. Uh, Aaron made a point about how this counts towards your downside guarantee. If this is a way to replace house show dates, because I know they've talked about doing less of those, then maybe I understand it. Like, instead of having you on the road 300 days a year, we're going to just do TV, and then you're going to have WWE official Twitches. Okay, that, that seems like a fair compromise if it's a trade-off. But also, as a fan, like, I like watching Up, Up, Down, Down. But I like watching Up, Up, Down, Down because Xavier Woods, Austin Creed, it's kind of behind the scenes and it's run by them. The moment I know that it's run by WWE, I don't care. Um, remember Zack Ryder's old, uh, what, Z, True Hollywood Story? Yep. Great show. Great show. The moment it became a WWE show, dead in the water. Nobody watched it. Nobody cared because it's fake. It's boring. It's not interesting. It, it's it, There's nothing to it that I don't get if I wanted to watch on USA. 
and that's going to be the same thing with these, these Twitch and Cameo. Look, I have no problem with them enforcing, as Aaron said, the fee owned by the WWE. So doing Cameos, you should probably have to pay the WWE. I have no problem with that. Biggie, yeah, I, I mean, I guess if he just uses his real name. It's the same thing with Xavier Woods, Austin Creed, right? There's no character there that's different. So if he wants to do his own Cameos, I think he should be able to. The whole Twitch thing, if you don't want them to use their characters, that's one thing. If you're going to start forcing them, though, to do WWE Twitches, why do I care? Like, I don't really care if WWE is going to try to incorporate storylines into it or if they're going to have their own plugs of 50,000 things. I don't want to watch Up, Up, Down, Down with, you know, oh, by the way, watch Survivor Series. At no, like, that, that's not interesting. As a fan, I would just watch something else. You know, there's an infinite amount of things for us to pay attention to. This is not one of those things that is going to make me pay more attention to WWE. It's going to be another reason why I tune away from WWE. And I really don't think that's something they should be going for right now. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I will say that I, I watched a little bit of Paige's uh, stream. Uh, it's nothing to be exciting about. Uh, Dakota Kai, no, did uh, she was only doing charity streams. And uh, what's her name? Uh, Alistair Black's wife. Zelina Vega. Thank you. I guess she's doing them as well, but I I haven't followed any of them. But yeah, it's sad that uh that they were that they were wanting to do it. But yeah, if it's the person, it's one thing. But if it's the character, and especially like you know with the fiend, if he was if Bray Wyatt was to come out and he was dressed in everything but the mask, I would have a problem with it. But if he's wearing like normal, uh, kayfabe has a problem with it. But that's it. Um, but yeah, the the whole thing with Twitch, I think, is completely different. I think they should just not even get a a little bit of a cut whatsoever but i think they're also trying to save a few bucks by them doing this they don't have to pay that uh as much as a downside guarantee which is i think the real reason it's going on i think the the thing about it too is a lot of you you'd have some of the main eventers doing it but not everyone right roman reigns i'm assuming doesn't have a cameo i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that i don't think aj styles does he has twitch because he is a gamer he likes to play video games that is what he does same thing with xavier woods you know, there's a lot of people that like to play video games. And so that's why the, the Twitch, the cameo thing, it's few and far between. And the ones that do a lot of times it's either really expensive or some of them. It's like, hey, look, I'm a jobber. I want 20 bucks and I'll say hi to you. You know, that's what they'll do. Uh, there's there should be nothing wrong with that. If anything else, if they're actually getting traction, I would pay attention to that and say, hey, wait, this guy's getting some money for it. That's good. You know, it's supplementing his income, which means that like what we're paying him right now, we can just kind of keep it at. We don't have to like go too far over. But at the same time, maybe we could utilize that and bring him on a little bit more. Hey, he's getting a little bit more income. Give him a little bit more TV time. You know, you have that opportunity, especially like in NXT, uh, you know, with your enhancement talent and everything. I, I just feel like this is if you want your employees to be happy, you know, and to the broader point that Doug and Roger both said, there's other games that are available. You can go to Japan. Obviously, it's a little bit different now with COVID, but you, in a normal way, you can go to Japan. You can go to AEW. You know, there's people that, yes, AEW can't take everybody, but you know what? You have a big enough star. They're going to chomp at the bit to take that person if they can. And you're going to piss off a lot of people with this, and a lot of people are going to be unhappy. And the one word that Vince hates more than anything else in the world is the word union. And if that gets talked about because of things like this, you know, you, you can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle once you take it out. So can't put the cat back in the bag, you know, whatever other phrase you want to use for this. And there's another part of this that I think is interesting, too, is that it won't be enforced consistently. But if you actually think 
Brock Lesnar is going to be doing Twitch, I have a newsflash for you. He will tell Vince to exactly where to stick that Twitch stream, and he will not do it. And you know what Vince will say? Well, Brock Lesnar is exempt from blah, 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 blah. And truth be told, I don't think most of the stars are going to be forced to do it. Like, I think if Roman Reigns told him no, he's just not going to make him play video games. And as a fan, I don't really want to watch. Like, I think I, I do think Roman does play video games because I've seen him on the Call of Duty thing with the Shield. But, like, I don't want to watch Brock be forced to do this or, um, you know, I don't know if Charlotte plays video games. And if she doesn't, like, this should be something that's a passion that you're interested in and that you want to do and you're choosing not the fans in on it. It shouldn't be something that's forced. Like, if Charlotte doesn't want to play video games or Becky doesn't want to play video games, let them do their own thing. They, they give 300-plus days to WWE. Let them have their free time. Like and, like and like Aaron said, you hate that word union where you're pushing people towards it. Because when you start strong on people like this, they're going to realize that they need some, their leverage of their own. And if it's not good to AEW and it's not good to Impact and it's not good to Japan, they're going to go against you. Like, there's just nothing smart about this that I can benefit. Enforce your IP. I have no problem with that. But I think this needs to be walked back to some degree. And, you know, what I want to point out. So I actually did watch AJ Styles when he was on Mixer, of all things. And his stream was really nice because you could actually answer – ask a question and there's only like 200 people in there and he would actually answer any question you throw at him almost any question but he would just sit back and uh, play games i don't know how it is on twitch now with him but when i when i heard when when i first heard about it, i was like he is gonna be furious and what are they gonna do to him are they really gonna drop aj styles no they're not going to because they know it'll happen even if they did drop aj styles impact aew njpw every company in wrestling would absolutely open up their checkbook and make a spot for him in a heartbeat. But if anything, I think you're going to, like AJ Styles has talked about wanting to retire. I could definitely see him being like, you know what? I was on the fence before. I think this is stupid. I'm good. I'm going to call it a career. And that's a shame. And I could definitely see a lot of people being like, you know, if, if you try to put a gun to Brock's head, he'll just go back to his farm. I think if you put a gun to Daniel Bryan's head, he might just be like, ah, I'm good. I've, I've done everything I need to do. You know, uh, so I, I would love to see what CM Punk has said about this because, you know, he would just walk out. If, if he was still here, he'd be like, nope, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. Uh, part of me wonders if this wasn't even Vince's idea because I don't believe he's the type of person who's even aware of something like Twitch. You know, I know that he's not. It, we make jokes about how unaware he is, but there have been legitimate stories about how he just doesn't pay attention to things like the Chappelle show. Um, he didn't understand the Ken Shamrock, um, Tito Ortiz feud. Like he thought. It was something very different than it was because I mean that's just Vince, right? He's he's wrestling 100 percent of the time. I think he exists in his bubble and he pays attention when he needs to. You know, I I don't. This just seems very very dumb to me. What's a burrito? Anyone tell me what a burrito is? It's a it's a tortilla that you wrap a steak in. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> all right, so that's all the time we have for this month's show. If you're into the Twitter, you follow the show at all the Mark 86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and editing the podcast, and I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show. And for Doug Hahn, Roger Cave, and Aaron Hughes, I'm Andrew Hughes, and until next time, we'll see you in the ring.